Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. have a nice ring to it doesn't it with dave smith cut out all the bullshit you know what i thought this show never really needed was uh fights on the previous saturday and lewis and this week we have neither of those but i uh lewis is out in italy uh with his boy he's uh get, getting some culture usually when puerto ricans leave their country it's to go to maybe the bronx but in this case it is italy so God bless him. He's gotten further than anyone would ever ever thought yep. in his family line. And uh, filling in for him is my good friend, my longtime friend. Yeah. Uh, we've we've been friends since uh, I started stand up comedy. It's like I don't know, two thousand three, two thousand four, something like that. Yeah. We had took a nice nine year break when you were in a cult. That's and then on me. Came right back. <laughs> yep. Uh, but my good friend, hilarious comedian, and. MMA enthusiast, yep. uh, somebody who trains, yep. fighter, Jamie Kilstein. How buddy. are you, sir? I'm good. I just flashed back to, I forget where it was, but I, I maybe it was at the cellar or, you remember when there were all those like one kind of the, like bar shows that were around the cellar just mm-hmm. to be like, we're almost at the comedy cellar. Like Dave yeah. Attell walked by here on his way to the cellar, come to our shitty show in front of 10 <laughs> yes. people. That was a whole economy. Yes. And, and yes. a lot of them were in like fancy restaurants. And then we were just in like the, the cellar, like doing the stand-up show. A literal, a literal, a cellar. literal cellar, not the comedy, not cellar. the nice yes. one, but just like a, a room where just waitresses looked mad at us all the time. And I remember we were at some fancy upstairs restaurant railing about politics and i think that was like the first night we hung out and i was like i think we're friends for like all the other comics just slowly left as like we just like kept going in on like shady or something and i was like yeah i guess this is my buddy well i do remember that uh, back at that time and you were running your citizens radio thing and i was this is before i became a libertarian and so it must have 2005 maybe something like that and um i remember that you were like doing that, like you fucking were like a comedian and you yeah. were very political and you were like interviewing Noam Chomsky I on did. your show. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. that's so goddamn incredible. I still, you know, like now that the shame of my failure and rock mm-hmm. bottom is like yes. slowly wearing off, I have been thinking about recently, like, I did some cool shit with that show. I remember I tried. Before the rise of wokeism, but it, you yeah. guys were fucking good. Well, because the audience was coming from comedy. And that's what makes uh, th- that's what the difference was, where we were on the left, but we could call like George Bush a retard without getting canceled. Like we were funny first, and then as I slowly started to fail in comedy, and we became <laughs> more popular in like progressive circles, all that changed, and then it became more about like okay, just don't piss people off and less comedy, and and that's where it kind of got all fucked. And now that you've gone into your own version of uh, gay conversion therapy, and yeah. you've been converted back to being uh, <laughs> yeah. a stand-up comic yep. out of the the cult of wokeism. Yeah, Lewis. I'll tell you, yeah. Lewis was raving oh, about really? your set. 
Because he said you jumped on one of his shows out in I did a, Austin. I did a couple. I did Austin and Dallas and uh, somewhere else, Jersey. And he was like, "Dude, Jamie's fucking stand up is fucking strong, oh, dude. That's awesome, like it's fu- he was fucking doing great on these shows." So it's all my there you go. Fucking, a lesson, yeah. a lesson for all the kids out there: abandon wokeism, and be funny, and be funny, yeah, and be, success you'll will be, follow. You'll be funny and happy but, again. Uh, by the way, I should mention that because um, I think the ticket link isn't even available yet, but I. Will I will be at the Creek and the Cave on September 25th? What? One night only. I'm doing a couple shows there, so uh, I'll I'll fucking you can go comicdavesmith.com. Can I have the link for you? If you're if you're out there, I'm you in town. Abs- you absolutely oh, 100% can. Fuck yeah. Yes, if you're going to be there, 100% dude. Great. Come right, to the show. Do I don't have an opener. That would have been show. so awful if you were like Rebecca has somebody, and then I just I would have left. I, I would have just walked. I'll be honest. I don't know if Rebecca has somebody, I'm but te- I'm, I'm you're opening for I'm me. A, I'm the text. Tell Rebecca no, you what to do. Rebecca, she won't listen. She doesn't. She's great. Yeah, Rebecca's very go with the flow. This luckily. will be. Oh, fuck yeah! All right, it's also why she fails at business, but she's a great person. <laughs> she's a great very person. Kind Yo, heart. Rebecca, how did you bring in no revenue last <laughs> month? And she's like, they said they didn't want to pay, and I was like, I'm not gonna like make people pay if they don't want to pay. Uh, by the way, that's it, that's Rebecca's business. The fucking best club in Austin. It's incredible. Like the vibe there is incredible. I love it. It's yeah. my favorite place to hang. Like I'll, I'll, I'm pretty much there every night uh, in Austin. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's great. Rebecca will always any club Rebecca opens will be the best place to hang yep and <laughs> j- there will be literally three dollars oh in the cash register <laughs> There will be $3 that Rebecca herself put into the cash <laughs> register so she could theoretically make change. Like when the barista puts in their own money so people are like, they'll yes. tip if they see my dollar. I, I remember looking around the, the creek in the cave, the the one back in New York, and it would be nothing but like every open mic or comedian hanging out, eating and drinking for free. <laughs> and you were like, what exactly is the business model here? Like, I mean, this is awesome that you're doing it. And half like, of them lived upstairs in her apartment. Yep. Like, half of them just, like, they, she just had cots stacked up yep. up there. Then the other half just joined fucking Seth Simons and turned, like, now that there's not free food, I'm going to bail. Yeah, that really, if, if Rebe- Rebecca cutting off the free food might have been what created <laughs> the anti-comedy They're like, you know mob. what, now that I'm hungry, I'm realizing everything said here is problematic. So, <laughs> that's literally, that's I, I might be what happened. So now Lewis, I'll tell you, Lewis also told me him, uh, you and him trained a little bit together, right? We did. He rolled with you a little yes. bit. How, now, what did he say happened? Oh, uh, he no, he didn't. He didn't like lie f- front at all. He was oh, like, "Oh, man. Jamie fucks me up." Hell yeah. I go, I go. Does Jamie? Does Jamie just fuck you up easily? Because in my mind, I'm like, you, you are substantially bigger than him. And he was like, "Dude, he's a black belt. He, he fucks me up." I mean, there was a point. It's funny. I've been doing jujitsu for fucking fifteen years, and there's still a thing. Especially like when you go to different gym, like you train every day, but you still get used to your place. Right. And it's different for professional fighters because they fight people professionally. But every time I go to another gym and I'm like, why am I like a little nervous? And I don't know if people admit this. I I feel like I can't be the only one. And you realize I'm going to fight strangers like it, you know, you go on the road, you play a comedy club for the first time. You want to do really well on that Thursday. Sure. If you do well on the Thursday, you can just fucking relax. And it doesn't matter how the Friday Late Show goes because you're like, club knows I'm good. Staff knows I'm not a piece of shit. We're fucking great. Right. Imagine every week you're going just to just fight new people. And some of them, especially with me, when they go, oh, hey, I know you. I'm like, well, that's either really good or really bad. <laughs> like, I, that could be, oh, I'm going to fuck up either the woke guy or the formerly woke old go, right guy, whatever they think. You go, you go, oh, I know you. You go, 
do you know me from my last Rogan appearance or the one before said, that? I, like, I, just I, which I, which one is it? I swear to uh, fucking God, I've said that. I go, the good ro- when people are like, I heard you on Rogan, I go, the good one or the bad like, one? Uh, the one that's made the top 10 list of like cringiest Joe Rogan? Well, the, or he, the one where we became friends again? He was a lot bigger, I think, the second time uh, the in the good one. Yeah. I don't know how many times total you've been on, but the two, the two that we all know. Yes. Are the, I know. Fucking... the first one, by the way, was the best. It was at his house. We hit it off and we talked about the war and drugs I w- that one doesn't exist yes. anywhere which you were uh i will say always right on i was all- and still right on that you were always right on the wars always right on drugs i mean it's pretty easy one of them's good yeah. one of them's bad yeah, like, right. it's fairly like simple or like one of them out. one of them like should all be legal and the other one should all be illegal, all be illegal. <laughs> like, yeah which one the murder or the fun one like, <laughs> yeah, fucking is, all right fair enough but Jesus. still yeah. it's still important and you were good on all of them uh, but that I, is that is pretty funny to go in with your just your history of if someone goes i know you dude. and you go this could be I'm anywhere on for the, my life like, right now. You could like they could uh hate you for something you used to be. Yep. They could hate you for leaving what you used to be. Something they could, that I'm not they could love they you. Heard. They could love you for what you used to be and not even know yep. that you left what you used to be. Yep. Or love you now and not even know what you used to be. You really cover the I need to and then you have to fight them and just assume that they're gonna be cool or that you're gonna be good enough. But yeah, I definitely had that moment. But you are a black belt, so most of the time I can fight very you're gonna well. be you're gonna be much yeah, better than and them. I for, but I have imposter syndrome because I'm still a fucking artist. Like they brought me and the head coach of 10th Planet Austin in just to train with Volkanovsky. When he was in town and I was like, do, do you want me to make jokes? And they're like, no, idiot. Like, you're small <laughs> and you're good. Like, come in and train. And it was fucking great. And I don't get nervous when I spar with someone like Volkanovsky because I'm like, again, he's the champion. Set up for success, right? It's like when you see all the comics bombing before you, you're like, well, either I'm going to be like them or I'm going to be a fucking superstar and, like, kill this show. Like, there's right. no losing right, 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 when right, you right. spar with, like, the UFC champion, right? Um, but there was definitely a moment with Lewis the second we slapped hands and I realized how strong he was that I was like, if I don't kill him right away, uh, (laughs) I'm in so much trouble. And then (laughs) mentally I'm going to fucking hate myself. And he's not the second we like, I was like, oh, he's not going easy at all. And he's like, he's a strong, he's a strong boy. Lewis Lewis is big. He's a big guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's, yeah, he's fucking strong. But then he did great. And I was watching him go with like a bunch of, uh, talented like blue and purple belts and and they were great uh but it yeah it's definitely a weird thing i mean i remember once a guy at the airport came up to me and he just goes hey man i know you right and i go i don't know maybe and uh and usually it kind of ends there and you go all right take it easy buddy and he goes where do i where do i know you from and i was like "Ah, i'm not sure and then he just goes i swear to god he pauses he goes I don't think I liked you. And I was like, do I have to fucking be here while you figure this out? Like, this is horrible. Like, oh, Jesus. Because I don't think I liked you. But then I liked you again. <laughs> and then I didn't like you so much. Oh, by the way, I should say, Vic Mysterio is here with us. I'm sorry. I'm a shitty host. Vic Mysterio, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I want to I want to say that I met Jamie. I met the old Jamie. Oh, boy. Like, like The original Jamie. The original? The original Jamie. So I'm looking forward to working with the new Jamie. Oh, thanks, Vic. Was I at least nice? You were, but okay. you were a little, you were a little different. It's it a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that. Thank you. <laughs> but you, you seem like a cool guy now. So thanks, Vic. Oh, oh yeah, and we got along back then too. It was fine. I, oh, I will say the, and this is what I always um, th- uh, said throughout all, all, all the different Jamies. Yep. Was that I go, look, man, <laughs> when I, and this always, I, every comic I know, this fucking, they have this thing where 
when I was no one. Yeah. I was the uh, probably had been doing stand up for a few months. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you were super cool to me. Oh, and I yeah. always remember that and was like, and that, so I always fucking was like, I really appreciate that. You're nothing, never anything but a great dude to me. Yeah. I just kind of disagreed with some of, you know, the thing you became over those years. But I do also remember, I will say, that me and Lewis, as many people know, uh, the first podcast we ever did yeah. was not Legion of Skanks. <laughs> it was not anything. It was Hammerfisting. Yeah. It was a podcast about MMA, which ultimately, yep. me, me and Lewis started it, and then we stopped doing it, and then uh, Lewis and Vic, who is uh, okay. Vic, our mysterious guest here, uh, our mysterious co-host here, they kept doing the show later, and then uh, I think there was another, uh, I think Chris Tinkle started doing it with somebody else at some point. I forget what happened with the show. Yeah, th those are the, the bad years. Those were the, yeah, yeah the, the bad years. I don't think anything with Tinkle, but those were the worst, the worst do you, years. I don't, you I don't remember, recognize those years. Those were progressive Jamie years. Do you remember for a while when the UFC first blew up, there were uh, what they called the dark years, where there were these, like, it was like UFC 8 through 16 that was not available on dvd oh, was yeah. not anywhere on the internet you just couldn't get it and then like it was illegal ask, in most states but people would ask dana white like once it started blowing up like are you ever going to put out all those years and he would be like i don't know whenever we get around to it we'll Ooh. try to they finally got it all up you can yeah. find all the stuff now online but um but anyway so the, the very at the very beginning uh I was living in a studio uh, apartment in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn, mm. and Jamie Kilstein came over to the apartment. Me, I you, and Lewis that. recorded on, I mean, probably, like, it was Holy probably shit. the level, yep. it wasn't on an iPhone. It might have been like we put an MP3 recorder in the middle of the table sure. and all spoke around it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yes, we did that, and I, uh, I actually have the audio recording of this on my, uh, on my computer. Jesus. I found it. Uh, I think maybe like a couple years ago I found it. I was going through trying to clear out space. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, well, I'm not going to get rid of this. And we were talking. At the time, it was the conversation was about um, Anderson Silva versus Chael Sonnen, I believe, the first the fight. Ooh. So whatever year that is. What year did Anderson Silva fight Chael Sonnen the first time? That was the, that was the time that we did this. My guess is 2011, 2012, something like that. That's one of the – what do we got? That was 2010. 2010. Okay, even earlier than I, I heard people comparing that to the Leon Edwards Osman fight. I mean, but there was just so much more build up to that. I mean, that was a literal movie. It was Chael's sort of introduction to that bad guy persona. Yeah. It was Anderson sort of emotionally breaking for the first time, and then just a, a murder uh, for f four rounds, or was it? Three back? No, four and a half. It was so yeah, four and a half and rounds. Then of fucking him up. It's it, using jujitsu, which Chael made fun. Of. Like there's so it, yes, much to it. It was hard to overstate that Chael embraced the Chael Sonnen character, right? Anderson Silva in his previous fight with Damian Maya, yeah, had um said that Damian Maya crossed a line because he said at one point that um his jujitsu was better. And he goes, you don't, that was disrespectful and that crossed a line. And Chael's just and like, you Chael and your is mud like, children. Literally, yeah. I mean, just going as hard as you could. And then Anderson Silva, who at the time is a god. Yeah. Literally a video game character, a ninja yes. who cannot be touched. Not only gets dropped on the feet in the first round, and then Chael Sonnen beats him across just every inch of the octagon yep. 
for four and a half rounds. Yep. You're watching the guy who you thought was untouchable yep. get annihilated yep. by the guy who talked all of this shit about him just the entire fight. Fucking him up. Yep. Fucking him up the entire fucking fight. Watching this this legend, Anderson oh Silva. God. You couldn't believe it at the time. Yeah, I mean, this, it and was then, this all, it was like, this isn't even like the best fucking clip ever, but yeah, this is probably not really proving my point. This was one of Anderson Silva's good moments. No, in the but fight. even, I mean, th th that, that clip, that clip before. Well, he started as the rounds went on in the beginning of the third round and the beginning of the fourth round, Anderson actually was d doing a little damage on the feet and beating him up. But then Chael Sonnen right, would get him down, down. Yeah. And, and fucking then it was just more beating him up, beating him up. And then finally, if you want, so here, and you're like, and he's down. Uh, yeah. And he gets him down again. And your heart and then, would sink. Now, every time he got him down, the round was fucked. Anderson never could get back up. Nope. So he was just, a, so once he finally, if you go a little bit forward to the fifth round, when he finally got him down in the fifth round, you were like, well. Oh, we're getting that. And this is how he got him down. He falls and he gets on top of him. Oh. And Rogan and all of them are going, well, I guess that's it. Yep. I mean, he got him down, and he hasn't been able to... He never even came close to getting up. And no. then... He didn't throw up, like, one right, submission attempt. And then right toward the very end of the fucking fight, throws up this fucking... You see him with the hand. You see yep, how he's pushing the hand, beautiful setting that up. beautiful Noguera fucking submission. And the hips are moving, like, just a little bit. And there, just a little beautiful bit. Beautiful yeah. triangle. Yep. Beautiful fucking triangle. And you're like, oh, my God, there's two minutes left of this goddamn fight. Chael fucking sits down, yep. tries to get out of it, and right here, he fucking taps. Boom. And then pretends he didn't tap. Yeah, that was... Because <laughs> he's Chael Sonnen. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he's still Chael Sonnen. Anyway, yeah, that was fucking incredible. And that's the crazy thing about... Like, that is that movie moment where the triangle choke happens, and it's almost like he didn't get beat up for five fucking rounds, where you just go, yep, Anderson Silva is the better fighter. He won that fight. And you just forget... The rest of that happened. Well, this this fight made, in many ways, the legend of Anderson Silva grow immensely. And it also really created the the Chael Sonnen. You know, like, Chael yeah. was always like a guy out there hanging around. But there's a reason why he fucking... And the fact that he was so funny and so, like, creative with the yeah. show. I remember after this, Chael Sonnen said he was at a press conference... And they were like, uh, well, Chael, you lost the fight to Anderson Silva. And he goes, look, I didn't lose the fight to Anderson <laughs> Silva. That was uh, like, he goes, that was a miscommunication. He goes, now, I thought that when you tap out, you lose the <laughs> That's round. Right. <laughs> And he goes, but if I knew that you, when you tap out, you lose the whole fight, I never would have tapped out. I mean, that's a, so he goes, so I'll plead ignorance on that one. Like, it was just so funny. He and was great. one of those guys. I mean, that was definitely the phase in my life where I was not allowed to like anybody I disagreed with. And he was conservative and he was making fun of environmentalism and like the there was like definitely some like questionable racist shit towards Anderson. And he, well, I mean, Brazilians. Yeah, yeah. It's not exactly a race. No, it's they're, a they're not. nationality. Are they sure. really a people? Um, and he, but he was one of those that he was just so goddamn funny. No matter how much you disagreed with him, no matter how much you hated him, you just go, oh, that was pretty good. You'd have to like, goes, whisper it. When he was fighting Tito Ortiz, and Tito Ortiz goes, uh, what did he say? He goes, you've made your whole uh, career just using your mouth. And he goes, the only person who's made a career using their mouth is your ex-wife. Attaboy. <laughs> boy. Fuck, that's so pretty wait, goddamn funny. I have a question funny. for you as a comic, because mm -hmm. I remember when Colby, and I'm sure you've talked about on the show how, like, Colby used to be, um, you know, an eat-your-fruit-and-vegetables workout guy, got passed by, passed by, passed by, killer fucking fighter, yeah. then embraced the Trump thing, blew up, right? And when I first saw Colby, 
I was just like, oh, he's like an unfunny chill. It's sort of like the edgelord. We were talking about this before the show. The open micer who sees you, Lewis, and Jay, and he's like, got it. I'm just going to call everyone gay. And you go, mm, nope, that's not really right. it, right? But it's still – so me as a comic, and I'm sure you as a comic, like I would just watch it. And I wasn't upset because it was right wing. I was just like uh, – I feel the same way with uh, Cejudo. I'm just like, oh, you're just not fucking funny. And it kills me, and I did not think it would succeed as well as Chael, because Chael is just so goddamn naturally funny, which is why he's gone on to be a personality and a podcast, have his own promotion, blah, blah, blah. Um, why the fuck did it work? Because well, it worked, right? Okay, so it worked for Henry Cejudo and for uh, um, for Colby for the same reason. It's like, because they, they actually were that good. As fighters. That's it. So because they were so fucking good. That's it. It's like, well, this character is moving on. Right. This character is moving on to the next level. Right. If, right. if Colby Covington was a mid-level fighter, yeah, it would have been like, dude, you're trying to be Chael and you're not Chael. You're yeah. trying to be Connor and you're not Connor. And like you're not. Would just, but yeah. at the end of the fucking day, you know, uh, Henry Cejudo would do these fucking cringy, weird fucking videos. But you're like, you know what? Then he beat Demetrius Johnson. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. We're going to keep talking about this guy. Right. And and it kind of made you love to hate him. Right. And then like almost in some ironic way, people would love to root for it him. It was that. Well, fuck you. And, and for you me, know, I'd I'm get like, frustrated just because I was like, you shouldn't need to do that. If you want to do it, do it. But you shouldn't need to do that if you're that fucking good. But Colby clearly did, right? He was getting kind look, of passed But up. this is also what people might claim is like a problem with like capitalism or something, right. but in many ways is <laughs> yes. just a problem with people. Right. That it's like, look, we're in you're in the business of making people want to watch you. Right. And what however you feel, the reality is that Colby Covington was on the verge of getting cut. Yeah. Right? And then he fucking embraced this whole fucking Trumped character. Up, yeah. And now he's, and not just Trump, but like that was part of it. That was maybe in a way the smartest thing. It was like kind of Andrew Tate, kind of well, like there was like the, the the stripper chicks and the like hot dogs. Oh, right, right, and right, like, right. That was well, a big thing. So, But the thing was that it was at least he picked the most polarizing thing that would make you either want to be right. way on board or way against what he was doing. Right. And then he fucking just stepped up to fuck up up to the up to Usman, yeah. fuck up everybody that he fought. I like that know? it can only go to the right. Like if you take controversial things, like you couldn't have a fighter who's suddenly like abolish student debt, make sure abortion's <laughs> legal. Everyone be like boo, get out of here. I would be like boo, get out of here. Well, it would be interesting to see like uh, like uh, like some someone really like take the Colby thing, but to the left. Yeah, yeah. And just go like all your five year olds are <laughs> trans. <laughs> They're all a bunch of trans. Groomer, groomers. We're gonna cut all your boys' dicks yeah. off. <laughs> Woo! I'll see you in Madison Square Garden. Right. Now, wait, listen, if someone's willing to try it, there is an opening there. Yeah. No one has done yet. Who is about to get cut? I feel like we need to send a mass email to all the... Well, Kevin, oh, no. Lee, Kevin Lee, I remember, gave a Bernie Sanders uh, prom, little Bernie Sanders oh, promo did he really? after, after, I think, oh, it, I his that. last win. And it was great. Outside the UFC? Uh, no, in the UFC. Really? I'm pretty sure it was after the fight. Maybe he tweeted something. Someone huh. would have to fact check that. I didn't but he, know I, that. I, I, yeah, he's the a Kevin Lee, Bernie Sanders. Let's he, get the. He's get a the cool guy. I interviewed him and trained with him before. He's it, it, he's smart. Bernie Sanders. You trained with Bernie I trained Sanders. With, I beat the shit out of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Yo, uh, this guy has no guard, no ground game whatsoever. He just flails around saying, "Help me, help me." I didn't agree to this. <laughs>
Vic, I, yes. I really hope somebody draws that up, Jamie. I'd like to see an image of you just oh, working over Bernie Sanders. Be Holy hilarious. shit. Somebody tweet just that kinda, at me. Just pointing and looking at him. This guy sucks. <laughs> this guy's, what is the, okay, what, Madison Square Garden, Bernie Sanders, you bastards. All right. Well, that might have, uh, maybe he So said he must have said something it. after that win. But that is interesting. I, I did not know that. I must have yeah. completely missed that. that cool oh, and that was when he, uh, yeah, he had that knockout. Who did he knock out in that fight? Did you go look, look just pull the picture? Gregor Gillespie. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, I remember. I think it was a head kick knockout or something like that. It was really? right when he started. I think it might have been his first camp with uh, Faraz. And then I think okay. he went back on a losing spree, which was a bummer. Yeah, he was uh, He was like a real fucking talent. But he, was a problem, he just he yeah. ran up against some really tough guys. He fought uh, He fought Tony Ferguson in the height of Tony Fergusonism. Yep. And which was, you know, it's now, MMA is so crazy now that it's like, oh, yeah, I remember this fight. This dude was like a, supposed to be a real good striker too, and he was piecing him up. Yeah. And Kevin Lee was, is the wrestler, so everyone's like, "Oh, he's going to take him down," and then he fucking head oh, kick knocks oh, him out. Oh god! So yeah, he fought Tony Ferguson, and now people think of Tony Ferguson as this guy who's on a losing streak. But just five minutes ago, yeah. he was on the greatest fucking of winning streak time. in, yep. I think, one of the best in the history of the division. I mean, it's the beautiful thing and the really tragic thing about MMA, yep. right? It's like somebody can come up really, really fast and then, but it also shows that fans can be fickle. Well, they're, they are fickle. And then also when there's new fans, you know, someone who's only been watching MMA for two years, they're like, Tony Ferguson, that guy who just loses to everyone. And you're like, dude, well, if you had been watching right. for fucking five years and before that. And then suddenly that, you feel like the hipster asshole who's like, no, Neutral Milk Hotel's early stuff. Yeah, and you're like, ah. Like, but I I forget. <laughs> That's right. You are. You're like, Kodak was the biggest name in film. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't remember? <laughs> I mean, we used to... Like, dude, I started training when, like, the highest level instructor, like, I'm a Marcelo Garcia guy, but um, my first instructor was a blue belt. It was a straight blast gym in New Jersey and a strip mall, and no one really knew what MMA was, and they were just kind of... Why did you start training? Well, I, so I did Jeet Kune Do, uh, the Bruce Lee one, in Jersey, just because I love martial arts movies, and I was a fucking dork. I was failing gym class. I wasn't athletic, but I loved fighting. Um, and I wanted to learn that. And then Matt Thornton, the guy who started Straight Blast Gym, which you guys know from Conor McGregor, but like the founder of Straight Blast Gym, he was a JKD guy. And he started doing essentially challenge matches where he's like, this has become bastardized from what Bruce Lee talked about. So if you like read Bruce Lee's writing, it's essentially advocating for what MMA became. It's but for the record, it's more funny if you read it in his accent. And a really funny, ahead. yeah, yeah. You, that's and, just my advice to you if you're going to read it. You got to hit the gong after yeah. every paragraph. I, I, you can do it however you hoot. want to. I would advise. <laughs> We're not telling you, but if you want a good Tuesday, <laughs> um, and so we would. So, you know, Bruce Lee talked about how, you know, he'd make fun of belts. Belts are just for holding your pants up. He'd make fun of katas. He'd make fun of breaking boards. Boards don't hit back. All these really famous quotes. But then a lot of his schools, a lot of these JKD schools wanted to have good business like karate schools and would just do disguised versions of that. You wouldn't do katas in the air, punching the air, but you would do partner katas where it was very like born identity looking. Like yeah, yeah. you hold your hands up and you slap this and come around with a back fist and all this really unrealistic shit. And so Matt Thornton just started calling them out and, and developing functional fighting and, you know, going into gyms and fucking people up. And he hooked up with Hicks and Gracie and that's how straight blast gym started. 
And so I just started reading. This was the days of like forums. And I would just read forums that JKD, this thing I loved and that I was really good at, um, was kind of bullshit. And then there was a straight blast gym that opened up a town over. And I went in and in my head, I was like, I'm doing this for Bruce. Like, I think like my (laughs) shit's going to work. And I remember there was just some dude in the corner eating pizza. And I walk in and no one's at the gym. And uh, he goes, all right, well, why don't you just like spar Dan? And I was like, I don't know what. Do you want me to spar? He's like, yeah, just like do some rounds so I can see where you're at. Because, you know, I was like, I've done JKD for like five years, whatever. And I was like, but he's eating pizza. And my friend Paul was like, yeah, well, chances are if you get into a street fight, it's going to be after you eat pizza. You're not going to be warmed up. And I was like, all right. And That's this, a fair point. It's a really good point. And this dude just with a jab. like, And in my head, every time he threw the jab, I go, fuck, remember, you you slap and you parry the bicep and you, you know, all this stuff. Oh and, and just jab, jab, jab. And The then, worst shit that just is the worst advice in a street especially fight. Especially when you're like thinking it. Imagine someone's ja- someone's throwing a punch at your hand and you're like, you're supposed to slap Parry and the punch the bicep at the same time. And then oh this rolls God. around to this like back fist. And then... It was that moment that you hear so many MMA fighters talk about where, you know, BJ Penn's origin story. I'm not comparing myself to BJ Penn, but BJ Penn's origin story. He's is, taking a lot more losses than you. Uh, that is true. You know what? Fuck BJ You're Penn. the BJ Penn of comedy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Wait, let's. Re- yeah. Okay. That's fine. Although he started off strong and is fading. I would like to be going in the opposite direction. It's Although, true. is he going to be the governor? Anyway. No, he lost. He did. But right? anyway. Um, And he... Uh, BJ Penn's origin story wasn't like, oh, I saved a girl from a bunch of muggers and wanted to get better. It was, I went into a school. I thought I could fight. Uh, a 17-year-old girl choked me out. And I go, well, fuck. I got I want to learn that thing. And that's most people's stories is you go in and you get your ass kicked. And you have that moment where I could have gone back to JKD and felt much better about myself. You feel like you can yeah. kill people. Um, and instead, I mean, I didn't tap anyone out. Until I got my blue belt at Marcelo's, a different place. Um, like, didn't tap anyone out. So that just means it's a year and a half of paying money to show up to just get, get strangled, killed. Um, but that's what makes you good. And that's yeah. why it's like that. And that's why you tapped out Louis J. That's Gomez. That's why I tapped out multiple times <laughs> Louis J. Gomez. <laughs> that's the story that, that, that's why he said all those nice things about me comedy-wise. He's just afraid I'll fight him. <laughs> he goes, please don't strangle me. He's so good at comedy. He's so much better now. No, his stand-up's really, really funny. So, is he here? <laughs> I got to go. Vic, you wanted to say. Yeah, I just don't want us to get you know uh, comfortable with Lewis being gone. So, Coop, get Jamie a coffee right now. And that is a good point. Don't forget the creamer. Yeah, actually, Coop, would I'll, you like a coffee, Jamie? Would you like anything? Actually, Coop, I would love a water. A water. Get Jamie right. a water. Give him a water. Put creamer in the, the water. Creamer yeah. option. Put a creamer on the side in case he wants to throw it in his water. French all right. vanilla. Now, now, also, w- for what it's worth, even though all that happened, uh, I still, being on Skanks with Lewis and Ian and then being in here the next morning where Lewis also almost fired someone, I'm still scared of Lewis for yeah, what it's worth. He's a uh, he's a psychotic individual. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right. So there wasn't uh, there was no UFC fights this weekend. We do have big UFC fights coming up uh, on Saturday. Oh. But there was uh, there there was a uh, a one championship yep. event that we don't usually on the show cover anything outside of the UFC. One also doesn't make it easy where they're like, we're on Beijing time or like wherever. And it's like the prelim started like 5 a.m. And yeah. it's, just, it's not easy to watch, but I, it's so good. 
I've never watched it live. Um, but I will say there is the the it's almost that this weird exception to everything that makes sense in MMA is Demetrius Johnson being over at one. Yeah. He is, in many people's opinions, including Joe Rogan's opinion, yeah. the GOAT, the all-time best, that he says the best he's ever seen in ter- pound for pound yeah. in MMA. He is a part of the only trade in UFC history. I don't know if other organizations no. have done trades They before. invented it for him. They invented it, and, and it's the dumbest trade ever. I yeah. mean, like, I, like no disrespect to Ben Askren. I like Ben Askren a lot. I think he was a, he was a, had a, a very he, good career. He was great for Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, well, that's, that's for sure true. It, and it, like, th- that trade essentially was to build up Jorge Masvidal. Is it well, what it turned into? It was what it turned into, for sure. Now, but I, I, I like Ben Askren, the guy. I like a lot Me of too. things about him. <laughs> I forgot he's um, a libertarian guy. Well, he, yeah, he is. He's like a Bitcoin guy. He's a libertarian <laughs> yeah. guy. I like him, okay? I'm pro-Ben Askren. However, the idea that they this guy who was... Now, I, and you can also make the argument, he didn't move uh, tickets and he didn't move pay-per-view sales. Dana was never showed. happy with Mighty Mouse. Th- that's and true. Did, yeah. But he was one and one with Henry Cejudo. Yeah. Now, he lost to Henry Cejudo, but he he stopped Henry Cejudo and then mm-hmm. lost a close decision mm-hmm. to him. No question Ooh. we should have seen that rubber match, yeah. and that would have been a huge fucking deal. Um, so he went over to one. He did, for the first time in his career, get knocked out yeah. by uh, Andriano Moraes, Moraes yeah. who, by the way, is a fucking... Beast. He's like, this dude he's is a he's really he's talented fucking yep. fighter. Um, they had their rematch, and Demetrius Johnson knocked him out with an insane fucking knee. Overcommit. Here's the here you can play it right here. This is the uh, highlight. Is this the knockout? Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, oh, the big right hand, and then oh, knee knocks him out. Walk off knockout. Can you go I mean, back and show that again? I want you guys to fucking watch the coolest thing before the knee is watch these little steps he takes where he yeah. could. He could. He's timing he, it. He could have overswung. Yep. And he was fine to the point where he didn't need to do anything unless it was there. Yep. And then it was just perfectly there. Anyone else would have just started throwing. But it's just these little, little steps, and he's pacing them fucking perfectly. Demetrius Johnson made 11 consecutive title defenses in the UFC. (laughs) Uh, He broke Anderson Silva's record of 10 uh, straight title defenses. Can can you find that? on another level. Now, to be completely fair, that division was much weaker then than it is now. Sure. But, you know, I watch this. I watch him come back and, and beat this one guy who's ever stopped him, and I go, God damn it. I wish Mighty Mouse was in the UFC still because that would make that division so, so much exciting, more fun. Dude. Yeah, God there, damn it! There's I something wish he about was back in the can UFC. you find that slam into the arm? I think if you just type in Demetrius Johnson armbar, yeah, 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 it'll I, come up. It's one of the coolest finishes uh, in ever, the history of the ever, UFC. ever, ever in the history of MMA. And you know, it's again when we were talking about Colby and demand and capitalism, it's so bizarre. That there is something in our primal brains. All right, here we go. This is, is, I believe, at the end of the round. It's like a suplex, and he catches his arm arm in the middle of it. Starts the arm bar before they hit the ground. Like, he's not even on the ground yet, and that is secure. 
And he, this is something that looks like a fucking Bruce Lee kata yeah. that would make no sense. Mm-hmm. That actually worked. Like you'd see someone practicing that and go, "Well, you can't actually do." Oh, that you fucking idiot! Fighting. You're gonna get killed. Yeah, like no, who would even think this is the way you'd finish it? Yeah, but so what I don't understand, and maybe it's just a, a biological programming thing, where the little guys have the best fights. And oftentimes the heavyweight fights, they're either spectacular, but oh boy, if it goes past the first round, it's like a gamble. And straight up the reason, because Demetrius also, he was great on the mic. Uh, He was really entertaining. He had a cool backstory. Um, He was always entertaining when they did the countdowns and stuff. And the reason there weren't buys is there were just a lot of people who were like, well, I want to watch fucking little guys. I want to watch big dudes throw hammers. And it's bizarre that 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 division, which is arguably the most exciting, didn't blow up. I think also a real uh, criticism that a lot of people brought was that they thought that the littler guys didn't have, you know, uh, power in their strikes. But right. you, know, you scare so they're like there's no knockout power. Right. But you scale it to comparison. If they're fighting each other, then someone's got to have power for that division. Right? Yeah. Well, that's that used to be a thing that was floated out a lot. That's been clearly proven wrong. There's knockouts all the time in those lighter divisions. I think there's something about. The kind of, yeah, it's something about the gladiator aspect of like watching these kind of like monsters fight. I think there's also something to watching kind of the baddest motherfucker. And even right. if that guy's little, it's almost like the original UFC thing. It's like, well, there were no weight classes. Yeah. It's who would beat the other guy. Now, here's, you know, and the bigger guys are the guy. Like when someone wins the heavyweight championship, you go, when Francis Ngannou walks around, you yeah. go, that guy is the Best Dude. fighter in the world. I met fucking Forget Fra- the yep. pound for pound. No one, I don't think there's any human being in the world yep. who could win a fist fight with this guy. Dude, again, Volkanovsky is going to go down as one of the greatest of, of, of all time. Sparred him, hung out with him. He did my podcast. Didn't get nervous in the slightest. I met Francis for five minutes because uh, his friend Eric Nixick uh, or his coach uh, is a good friend of mine. And I was. Like a shaky child. Yeah. Well, like, to, in, in your defense, he did. Picture? He blew sand in your face he and did. said, "You are about to go to sleep for a lifetime." <laughs> and there's, and I mean, like, what? it's no. a nerve wracking experience, you guys. Yes, I understand. Blow sand in your face, but yeah. So there definitely is that. Now, maybe this is me projecting as well, because um, I'm small. But do you do you think there could be anything to? You know when you get like first dates at a comedy show and sometimes the guys, not if they're coming to see you, but let's say it's just a random club New mm-hmm. York show. Yes. Sometimes the guy will be like kind of like arms crossed if like the chick's laughing. Do you think there might also be part of it where for all the guys who are primarily, you know, UFC's demographics, mainly dudes, watching the little guys. If you watch Ninganu fight, there's no part of you that goes, oh, I could fuck that guy up. You're just like, he'll yes. kill me. But do you think just like every non-comedian guy thinks they're funny and, oh, I should fucking try stand-up one day, when they're watching these little guys fight, maybe there's part that's like, oh, fuck those little guys or whatever. Or, I'd or, fuck or, that or guy they, up Yeah, or, or they yeah. don't want to see, I don't know. Yeah, there might be something to that. I remember watching UFC back in the day when I first became a fan, watching with some of my fucking uh, friends in uh like I was, I was living in brooklyn at the time and i remember watching with some of my friends who were kind of like hood dudes yeah watching it and it we watched one fight and like they'd be like yo son i'd fucking throw him <laughs> off me like this if i was there yeah. and you're like oh 
yeah, I don't think we should watch this right. together anymore. <laughs> like yeah. you, you're at, you think like, like whatever it was, it's like, uh, you think you'd throw Hoist Gracie off? Sure. He goes, yo, son, just fucking drive him into this shit. He's got to drive him into nah, that shit. Yeah. That actually, actually, just no. stand that up. Wouldn't, Why is that wouldn't fucking. Up? And so there is something, I'm sure that a lot of like, uh, you know, regular fucking Joe Six Packs would be like, oh, I'd fu- whatever, dude, right. I'd fucking do this. Maybe that's, that's something to it. I don't know. And those are the guys. There's also, it's a different, it's also a different world. Like even from when Mighty Mouse was in the UFC to now, the sport's gotten way fucking bigger. So yeah. maybe it would be different now. Also, I think he needed, in a way, he needed the Henry Cejudo trilogy fight. Yeah. Like he needed someone. Sometimes there's just like you need a storyline. Like Demetrius yeah. Johnson was fucking up these guys, but he he People cleared didn't know out a the lot division. Of those guys. They didn't know he, Ray Borg. He cleared out the division so much yeah. that it was like. These are just random people now. And he was so head and shoulders above them that he needed the guy who was his challenger. And then he was going to rise above. You know, they were talking about him moving up. And if you remember, he didn't want to move up weight classes. But he kind of needed something that was going to be bigger. He needed to move up and fight uh, Dominic Cruz or whoever the fuck was the the champion at that point. He needed something. like No, and yeah, that's where... You're totally right because I'm like he doesn't have he like he had personality but he didn't have a storyline. Yeah. You can have personality, but if there's no adversary, if there's no Chael Anderson, right? Like Anderson didn't yeah. have a personality. I mean, maybe that also like shit like that was good for Anderson too, where it's you know that Damian Maya fight was fucking bad. Um, he had another really bad one. Uh, yeah, Latez. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fight he was, was just really being kind of thrown people and then that Chael one suddenly you're like, oh. No, well, now we fucking care, you know? Yeah. And so there's there's something of that. There's something of that element where you need some type of a storyline that's not just you, you know, like being like, okay, you're head and shoulders above everybody, yeah. but what about when you get fucking pushed yes. in? What, and so that really, he left at a bad time. Yeah. It's just, it's just a shame. All right, guys, today's show is brought to you, as always, by YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, the best Kratom on the market, the best price for Kratom on the market delivered right to your door. And of course, they're also the reason this show exists, the marquee sponsor for SkankFest. They sponsor part of the problem, Legion of Skanks, Real Ass Podcast, basically everything we do, the guys at YoKratom have been way behind. If you're not interested, if you don't like Kratom, if you don't know what Kratom is, then fine. Just ignore this and don't even know about all the fun stuff that's going on. But if you like Kratom, you have to go get your Kratom at YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo. That's the spot, YoKratom.com. All right, let's get back into the show. You're right about um, uh, how much more popular it's gotten. And probably because Connor, I was just talking about this the other day. I used to never... I get stopped for my cauliflower ear by strangers often, like probably once a week. Uh, people will be like, hey, you know, whatever. And my brothers are even gnarlier than mine. And like, it's gotten my brother out of bar fights, like straight up, like movie scene, two drunk dudes starting shit with my brother. Good, good advice, by the way, for people out there. If you're Always about to fist fight look someone, at the ears. check out their ears. Always. If they got fucking gnarly ears, walk away. Maybe son. just fucking, maybe just don't do that. Unless you're really good at fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't fight someone if their ears are all types of fucked up. I would not do that. I remember I saw one guy like a decade ago, because usually you get excited. You're like, oh, jiu-jitsu wrestler, and you can start a conversation. And uh, and this guy was like, he had like gnarly cauliflower ear. And I was like, hey, do you train? And the guy goes, what? And I go, "Uh, do you train? Like, do you do like jiu-jitsu? He's like, I don't. 
I was like, did you used to wrestle? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, your ears. And he was like, motherfucking alligator bit my ears. And I was like, well, I didn't expect that, man. He like, goes, well, for the record, never tell anyone that again. <laughs> and you can probably get out of a lot of fights. If yeah, you, just you can get you know how to pussy. Fight. You can get, yeah. if you don't act like a hillbilly who jumped in a swamp with an alligator. Goes, I tell you, lose the alligator story <laughs> and just go with brown belt. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say. High level purple. Super solid. <laughs> yeah, Respectable. You're probably gonna fuck people up. All right, what uh, what else do we have here that happened? I'm sorry, Vic. Did you want to jump in? I just wanted to say that I think you guys should be telling people that you got bit by alligator on your ear. Yeah. If they ask you that, um, just goes, oh no, you one. should you should totally fight me. This is just an old alligator. It's bite. an old alligator. Yeah, he got both ears. It was weird. <laughs> he got both of them. Anyway, if you want to say yeah, outside, I thought it was him and his other alligator friend, but it was just one. Was Made it around just... to the left. So what's the thing? You ball your hand up into a fist and then throw it at the other person? I, sorry, I can't hear you. These alligator bites. <laughs> These um, old alligator ears. All right, so Luke Rockhold, uh, as we know, Hell yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago, he lost uh, a decision fight. He ended up retiring. Uh, but he won all of our hearts. Paulo I mean, look, he did to some degree, uh, but he was asked about the blood-smearing incident in the last few seconds of the fight. He got top position and just started doing this very bizarre thing it was where he rubbed <laughs> his broken nose blood into Paulo Costa's uh, face. Mm -hmm. uh, he was asked about this, and he said, uh, quote, it was just a fuck you, uh, fuck you, you're a bitch. I remember just talking uh, back and forth, and just when somebody is pointing fighting, is point fighting, and someone's going for the kill, that's the difference. And I felt like I was there to kill or be killed, and he was out there trying to get by. If more time exists, I rushed it. I fucking should have had the mount position, and it would have been over. You know how that uh, world works. I just rushed into that one and fell behind. I kept pu uh, putting myself behind and having to dig myself back up. Uh, but I just felt like I was uh, there with a lesser man, and I wanted to show him, you're my bitch. Hell yeah. Interesting uh, comments from Luke Rockhold. I don't know. I mean, I will say, I understand your hesitancy, Dave. And I certainly, my 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 feelings are skewed because of uh, what a handsome man Luke Rockhold is. Of course. I was obsessed with him leading up to this fight. I mean, calling out the UFC for pay, calling out that shitty reporter who, like he said, was being racist to his buddy Cheeto, uh, talking about how he quit drinking and is just like taking mushrooms and smoking weed. Oh, the liberal Jamie Kilstein. Oh, I was like, back I'm out. back, baby. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, you're still all, the soul all, of all, the lefty. All it I'm, I'm still a bleeding heart. All it takes is someone like Luke Rockhold, and I'm like, we're back. Um, and uh, it was awesome. I thought it was he was just a badass. He looked... So fucked up from the alt altitude. But yeah. what I will agree with, I mean, one, when he started rubbing the blood, it made so much sense to me because I'm like, he spent all press week talking about being a man, talking about kill or be killed, and talking about doing mushrooms. That I'm like, oh, he is just in this prime. Did I didn't see the mushrooms stuff. He was talking yeah, about Yeah, so about he that. quit drinking and he was talking about mushrooms and he was saying, you know, literally just like preaching about it like hmm. it expands your mind blah 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 That's yeah oh well and cheeto uh cheeto was on rogan and talked about it too i think huh. cheeto might have been on mushrooms on rogan which was actually a really good um episode it made me like 
Cheeto. I wasn't like crazy about him. And I was like, oh, this guy's fucking cool as shit. I've actually done mushrooms on Rogan, like physically on top of Joe Rogan. Yeah. You just sit on top of him and do yeah, mushrooms. But... It's a religious experience. Yeah, it sounds, yes, it sounds, sounds fucking It's great. incredible. Yeah. And just... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like picturing that now. Yeah. And uh... Rogan's doing push-ups the whole time, by the way. Oh, he can't He's stop. Un unfazed no, no, by no. the whole thing. Yeah, giving just yeah. motivational speeches yeah, and talking about bow hunting. She goes, you got to be the hero in your own <laughs> dream, man. And I'm like, yes, I do. I have to be the hero That's in my own dream. That's a fucking great idea. Yes. Cam, give me more mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember, so I met Luke once. I met Luke and Khabib uh, the same day, mm. uh, where John Fitch brought me in to train at AKA. And... It was wild. I mean, it was just, you just, like, the room was so fucking deep. And Khabib and all of his guys walked in, and this was, like, height of, like, goat Khabib. And, oh, yeah, I've never told this story. This is after he beat Connor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I've, I've never told this story, but you were one of the rare comedy crossovers, so I can tell this, too. I think we'll appreciate this. Fitch introduced me to Khabib, and he just goes, hey, this is my friend Jamie. Um, he, does, uh, he does comedy. And Khabib goes, I don't... Uh, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, uh, Jamie does. He does like stand up, stand up comedy. And Khabib literally is like, I I don't. He's like, he like makes jokes. And Khabib's like, ah. And he's like, he's a brown belt. And Khabib's like, oh, nice to meet you. And like, just the lack of respect and or just not knowing that comedy goes, is a job. He goes, you tell ha-has for hoo-hoos. <laughs> you goes, a grown man. You get up there. And you tell silly sillies? You like clown who gets you, mocked by village? You get oh, Okay. People my, throw food at you? In my country, we feed you to bear who I then wrestle with. <laughs> okay. Clown warm-up act for he's bear just, I fight. He's he's here to feed to Luke Rockhold, no? <laughs> Does that not... Is this what? Is this politically incorrect, how you say? <laughs> okay. Wow, that is something. It was so crazy. And then he walked up to me... He walked up to me afterward. He had his gloves on, and he just uh, he pointed down at the ground and <laughs> said nothing to me. And I was like, uh, "What's up, man?" And he just is pointing, and I was like, "Is that your water? Do you want your water?" And he just points at his face, and I go to like hand him the water, and then he keeps pointing like at his mouth, and I was like, he goes, "Feed oh. it to me, funny boy. <laughs> feed, feed me my water." <laughs> I just was like, said, it was so gentle. <laughs> feed water. Now feed water to my whole team. I was like, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> Tell me funny. haha, ha. Well, feed water. And so, uh, so Luke's there. Luke's fucking awesome. Uh, Trained with a bunch of those guys. I didn't. I don't think I got to do a round with Luke, but we talked afterwards, and he's just like as cool as you want him to be. He's like smacking everyone's ass. He's like, I'm the funny fucking cool guy. And uh, the I heard that uh, you're gonna want to shower. You're gonna. It's one of the gyms you're gonna want to like shower at. There's just a fucking lot of dudes. I don't know if the place gets dirty. There's just a lot of people. And I never showered. Uh, I never played sports in high school. So I'm still very fucking awkward and mm -hmm. nervous in shower uh, situations. And it was prison showers, so there weren't stalls or anything. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to rush back there before everybody. And I'm a grown-ass man. I'm like in my 30s when this happened. And and no one's in there. And I'm like super nervous. And I'm like, God, am I even allowed to do this? This is just the pros, whatever. And so I get uh, – I take off all my clothes. And I'm showering. And there's maybe like six stalls. It's really small. Like it's smaller than this studio. And 
Khabib and his fucking team, like Ali and like his like his management, they all come back and they're all wearing fucking bathing suits because of like the Muslim, like the modesty shit. Oh, you can't shower naked? I guess not. You just uh, gotta have a dirty Muslim dick. You, just you gotta can't have, like clean no, it at all. No. Well, wow. I mean, I guess at home they can. I don't think they wear bathing suits. Like, but they just like in front of them. So they all came in wearing bathing suits, and then like little fucking Jew me is standing there, so <laughs> nervous, so nervous. And I was already nervous, and now I'm just like, oh my god, I'm like offending their culture, and I like just like rush. And I go to leave and I'm just, I'm so embarrassed and I want to run out and I'm like, did I fuck up? Whatever. And right as I'm walking out, Luke Rockhold comes in, had the towel around his waist, whips it over his shoulder, <laughs> dick out and just goes, hey guys, we fucking party in. And like all of Khabib's guys were like, eh. And then I, I felt better. So Luke like saved me for that day. But wow. Jesus Christ. Luke Luke Rockhold really yep. made the peace between the Jews and the Muslims that day. So that's <laughs> we uh, need that's... Luke Rockhold's dick to solve Israel Palestine. If maybe he could just get over there. If he could just get over there, All man. Right. Bring, that might be the thing. Bring mushrooms and his giant well, that is hog. A, that is an excellent Luke Rockhold story. I was very I, uh, excited. I don't. I, I was never a fan of Luke Rockhold. I, I, I wasn't was, at the height of him. He was a guy I rooted against. Yeah. I did find myself rooting for him over in his, his in his last fight. He it was a gutsy performance. Yes, he, you know he clearly the altitude fucked with him. Yeah. He was I've never seen him gassed after the first round no. like that before. I mean, hands on but, knees, dude. Yes, it was like I, I was saying to Lewis last week. It reminded me of like old school. Mark Coleman or yeah. something like that. Like you don't see that anymore yeah. in MMA. But Luke is that right what he said, said there. Like he'd have I his hands know. on knees and then he would just throw a right and it would definitely like there was power behind it. I don't think it's fair to say Paula Costa was point fighting and he was there to but kill I or be killed. Hate Paula Costa. So I much. I can understand that, but I don't know. I mean, eh. yeah. The guy the truth is that you gassed very early. Yeah. He half gassed. <laughs> yeah. And he just beat you up yeah. for the fight. And then when you finally got on top of him. You wiped blood all over You him. just <laughs> fucking nosed his face because you knew there was no chance you were going to do anything else. I don't really I, agree I, with I, this. I, I will say in the th th second or third round when Luke is so tired and then he like hands on his knees and he just goes, fuck you, and throws that cross, that yeah, sent Paulo back. That was pretty that cool. That was badass. That was pretty cool. I, I do agree with you. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Credit to Luke Rockhold on I a great career. friends with that guy. Well, look, a great career, evidently uh, confident in his dick size, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and a great last fight. But I don't know uh, that I agree with his, his statement here. All right, Vic. You got a Cain Velasquez update on the notes here. Give it to me, Vic. What's what's going on with our boy Cain Velasquez, who we all seem to be rooting for? Well, the twenty sixth, there's a hearing. The uh, the I was going to say the offense, but the prosecution, they're not going to put the uh, the alleged child molester on the stand. So Mark Garagos, the attorney for Cain Velasquez, was saying they're basically got no case and all their points. You know, and of course he's playing in a certain way, but he's also saying that Kane's going to get up on the stand. There's a po big possibility that's going to happen, and he's going to plead his case and tell you what happened and why he did what he did. And that says a lot if uh, if they go with that route. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. A lot of people are rooting for Kane, and this is this is a really just shitty situation for everybody. Yeah, well, that is. I mean, man, if that's on video. 
I don't know if they're going to allow cameras into the court. From what I understand, usually it's at the judge's discretion yeah. whether or not they allow courts. I think federal courts just don't allow cameras in. But state courts, they can kind of like, if the judge wants yeah. to, if there is video of that, Dude. I'll tell you, that's going to be fucking incredible. Yeah, because I've mainly just seen this story in the MMA community, but that I think that would turn into one of the biggest news stories at least like that would be crazy especially if he does it and remember remember kane had a pro wrestling stint the dude knows how to he can talk um and it, also that and and the other point to that is also that his fans probably are a little bit bigger reaching than just the ufc fans he yep. was that's right that's a very good point he yep. was in wwe yep. and fucking the, in front of a whole that whole huge audience or yep. whatever um i just it's very um I mean, the story's horrific. Yes, and it's very hard for, you know, like I, I, I said before on the show that I understand the idea that, like, you can't have a society where the rules are, if someone did something to your family, you're allowed to go be a vigilante, yeah. you know, create and go fucking follow them. And if I was the judge in that case, you know, and I'd be like, listen, someone molested your son or daughter or whatever the story is and you went out there and took them on a high speed chase and then shot into their car and almost hurt innocent people be like that can't be allowed and i am going to sentence you to a sentence of two days yeah. in prison yeah. and you have to go serve those two yeah. days and they go you know what i mean like yeah. but it's like one day for be, good behavior it's gotta be like th there can't be nothing but at the same time you can't just like you're telling me this child got molested and then now i'm also going to take away the father from like right. no that yeah. can't be what justice is no so it would be I think we're all you have to do an illegal to know. awesome ratio. I right. I don't know the details of the story, but I think from what everyone who knows of what we've been told so far, you're like, look, here is a guy in Kane Velasquez who does not have a criminal history, no. is not somebody who you think, oh, this guy might be a real threat to the community no, if he, he were is to be out. Beloved. Yes. And so you just go, look. This is like so long as no one else abuses a family member of his, we can probably count. <laughs> we can probably count on him to not commit another violent he crime. He only needs to have an ankle bracelet around child abusers, right? Like, and you know, even something like that. Like, fine, fucking give him an ankle bracelet, give him whatever. But like, don't fucking, especially if his family has just been victimized in this way. Let him fucking go back to his family. Was the God story damn. originally that the fucking yeah? When uh, Vic, when you said that. Uh, the the prosecutors aren't going to put the molester on the stand. I was like, very brave of them. Um, was the original story that like he got off, but Kane got arrested? Like, is that dude free? The dude who abused? Uh, well, I know abused he the was. Girl? Well, from what I remember, he had no bail. Uh, okay, and so was let out. But yeah, Vic, do you know what the latest with that is? No, he was. He was. That was the reason that Kane lost it. Was That's what because I the guy got out on bail. And they were still trying to figure everything out. But it got out with and no bail, I believe, right? Wasn't that the yeah, thing? He, no, no the, I, I don't know if he actually had to pay anything, but either he way, got out. he was allowed yeah. and permitted to just kind of get out. I, I You know, a lot of the, the things that are going on, not to get too political, but in California. Uh, <laughs> I know whole, what that means. You know, yeah, there's this whole, you know, we're, we're going to let criminals out without bail thing going right now that a lot of people on the right and and in the center are getting mad about yeah but this guy didn't really they kind of like half-assed his way out of it yeah and that's what really pissed off kane right. and then when 
they it came time for Kane to get bail, they denied it so quickly. So yeah. well, this is the weird this, he so went out the entire time. Yeah, look, man, this is the weird thing about ah, sorry guys, I could you knew if me and Jamie Kilstein did a show, we weren't gonna not avoid it. I know this, I made a is, joke about it on Twitter and, look, and I'm like, it's happening. Well, look, the thing is that there is what's known as these progressive prosecutors. Yeah. And they have, have risen up uh, in many blue cities across the country. And I will tell you that a lot of the shit that they ran on and were promoting, I was on board with. They were saying things like, look, if someone's caught with like a, a drug possession charge, right. they should not be facing decades in prison. And even someone selling drugs shouldn't be facing decades in prison. Yep. And even all, and you're like, you know what? That's true. And they'd go, you know, the cash bail thing is kind of fucked up. Yep. It's like if you're if you have money, you can afford to escape prison right but if you don't <laughs> right. you can't sure. and really everyone should be innocent until proven guilty and blah blah and they had some very good points but then once they assumed power they took it to the next level where they went and you know what we're also going to decriminalize uh property crimes uh carjackings and robbery right. and shoplifting like, who was asking and, and for not that? even shoplifting like there's shoplifting to me it's weird when they use these terms but shoplifting to me i always think of as like putting a bag of skittles me in your back as a kid be, yes and walking out that's different than walking in and going fuck you and jumping behind the counter and say that's like, like a strong armed yes. robbery yes. like that's it yeah and they go we're, we're gonna essentially decriminalize all of this you get a ticket if you do it but if you defend yourself if you're the store owner and you pull out a gun or a knife, we will all of a sudden now they are Reagan fucking, right. you know, drug warrior prosecutors who want you in jail for 30 years. And you're like, that's not that's a recipe for the fucking most chaotic, well, awful and, society. And this is the kind of shit. So the that, child molester. Right. Gets off free. Yep. But the father who fucking like chases him down will throw the book at him. That's who crazy. can defend that. Who wants that? And also like, who the yes, who the fuck wants why? that? Like what why does this happen? Are they like, "Oh, you know what? We we look really bad cuz we uh, let the molester go. I guess we just got to like keep the dude like they have to know." It's because George Soros is funding right. the new world order. <laughs> they have to Jamie Kelstein, I have the documents. They have to know it's a fucking bad Look, and this is the shit that's pushing me more to the center, too, is I feel like the left are either they'll be too big of pussies on what they say they're going to do. Right. So, like, we see this with, like, neoliberal war hawks and shit like that. Or then this is just they just went fucking crazy. Like, we've been saying release nonviolent drug offenders forever. And then it's like they they went mad with power and they're like and armed robbers. And you're like, no, no one wanted that. Why are we doing why are we doing that? Just like pull it back and just do the thing that everyone would be happy about. No one wanted to release. Like, look, man, a lot of people who I'm sure commit crimes like robberies, like shoplifting are in a desperate place. And we should have a, a country that isn't ideally driving people to do that. And I think there are solutions on all sides for that. But the bottom line is if you are threatening people or putting them in physical danger, like that's not OK. You should yeah. you should not Look, be allowed to do that. I we sure should get to the underlying issues of what leads to someone who was once a little child and an innocent person in this world getting to the place where they're willing to commit violence against other people and their property. But before we do that, yep. <laughs> 
you have to it has to be very clear that it's not okay to do that okay. to other people and there has to be consequences for that so yeah. that should is it's it really is i think that's one of the things ironically that, uh, the consequence should be they send cain velasquez after you to fucking terrorize it's, it's you. like cain velasquez offered society a solution the, to this problem it was that it was him and we just won't take it no we just put yes, it in jail that's right because we're like that's too good but i think uh I, I don't remember maybe i'm wrong about this but i thought the guy was released with no bail and then Kane was given no bail in the opposite way you know like you could say like right. oh there's no money you have to put up for bail and you're <laughs> you're released and then Kane was given like you don't even have the you're, option yeah. To, to post bail. It wasn't even like they made it some high number because he would have raised that shit in a fucking second. Yeah. Now, they could have made his bail $5 million and fucking everyone no, would have chipped in to fucking made it. So bad on that so was many part of the thing that really was so like, uh, um, like infuriating and got so many people up in arms about this case was that you're like, so you tell me the fucking child molester, yep. you know, the the alleged accused child molester, yep. he can get out on fucking sure. like no bail or very low bail, but the guy defending his fucking family yep. has to fucking have no option of getting out. No, so that guy, should, he should, Kane should be hope, held as a fucking hero. For yeah, him hopefully we at, he at least gets to get up there and tell his fucking story and we all know what it is and that's that. All right. That's our fucking show for today. Jamie, thank you so much, brother. It's always a fucking you, pleasure everybody. talking to you. Thank you for filling in for yeah. uh, Louis J. Gomez. Come see me do stand-up and follow me on social media, everybody. Hell yeah, that's right. Come, uh, literally, go follow Jamie. Uh, like I said, I fucking heard that he's fucking killing it Thanks, uh, in a stand-up set. And uh, just a great dude and uh, one of my old, old friends from stand-up comedy. And come see me on the uh, September 25th in Austin, Texas yeah. at the Creek in the Cave. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to those uh, those shows. I have a couple live stand-up shows out there. And Jamie Kilstein will be on the shows with you. Yeah, them. I'm also, uh, I'm at Zany's Nashville, September 8th, and the Comedy Catch in Chattanooga, the 9th and 10th. And then uh, Syracuse Funny Bone at some point, I think, in uh, October. But yeah, come to the fucking Austin shows and hang out with me and Dave. Fuck yeah, dude. We'll have a lot of fun out there. All right, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.